annual CPAC conference is taking place in Washington, D.C. this week. And the biggest controversy in the history of our country took place last night. Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire was speaking when he said something that has never been uttered in history. They can't really turn a couple of men or a couple of women or three men and a billy goat, for that matter, into a marriage. That's just not what marriage is. No disrespect is intended to anyone. Some people don't want to get married. Okay, there's no obligation. But marriage has a meaning. Marriage is and always has been the union of a man and a woman ordered toward the procreation and education of children. If you don't like that, don't blame me. (laughs) I didn't set the rules. It wasn't the mean old conservatives who did this. We did not invent marriage. Marriage is a natural institution. It just is what it is. The left will slander us as hateful for observing this fact. And slandering us, they have. It's the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. It's the Friday edition of the program. So glad you're joining us on this Friday. It is Friday, February 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2024. Justin Hall here with you. Mitch Prosser is off today. A lot to get to. Had a whole show planned. And then this happened last night. Michael Knowles was speaking at CPAC where he said, if you missed it off the top, uh, marriage is between a man and a woman. We didn't create this. This is just what marriage is. Marriage is the bedrock political institution of society. It's been established since Genesis 2 and into Genesis 3, where God says in there, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That, and marriage between a man and a woman has been the bedrock for thousands of years up until about 30 years ago, and we decided to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and then back in 2015, we had the Obergefell decision, and boom, now we believe that marriage can be between two men, two women, two men and a woman, two two women and a a man, maybe throw in a goat. Marriage has no meaning anymore. Once you rip away the actual meaning of man and wife, given in eternal Uh, sanctity of marriage, once you rip the definition away, marriage means nothing anymore. And Michael so eloquently makes that point last night as he he typically does in his speeches, and I am a fan of Michael Knowles. I listen to his show uh, frequently, daily, actually. So I I have a proclivity to what he says. The, The problem, however, is the reaction from everyone else. It's, it is amazing to me what this produced, the Biden-Harris campaign Twitter page. Top Trump advocate at CPAC echoes MAGA's Project 2025 plan to go after marriage equality during a Trump second term. And then they say, colon, marriage is a man and a woman. And I tweeted last night, wow, it took Michael Knowles saying it, but the Biden administration actually admitted a biblical truth. Gavin Newsom, never one to let the spotlight go far from him, quoted that campaign and said, the at GOP are telling us who they are. We should listen. You should. You should listen 
You should listen to this. You should actually believe this. But no, you'd rather wreck society. Harry Sisson, Sison, I never know his name. He is a Biden surrogate, and he he gets paid to go on the social medias and convince the youths that they should vote for the 81-year-old geriatric man who has half of a brain stem. He tweeted the same video and said, and I'm quoting here, Holy crap, a Trump advocate just went on a homophobic rant at CPAC claiming that marriage is the, quote, union of a man and a woman. This is who the MAGA Republican Party is. They are openly openly advocating for discriminating against the LGBTQ community. Insane. Now, I want to make one point abundantly clear. I don't believe that in that clip, Michael said anything about discriminating against the LGBTQ plus community. I don't believe Christians should discriminate against them. I believe they should be treated lovingly and with respect as fellow image bearers of the Creator. The issue is, the line seems to be, I either have to affirm them or annihilate them. And I believe the Christian response is somewhere in the middle. (laughs) I don't, I, I can't. I can't affirm your behavior. I can't affirm your sin. The same way I can't affirm a child lying to their parents. Same reason I can't affirm someone going out and and, and getting drunk. I, I can't affirm that behavior. I think it's wrong. I think it's dangerous. And, you know, Michael's not the only person who's ever thought this. Obviously, millions of Christians walking the face of the planet today believe this. And certainly... Uh, political leaders have believed it for years. Take a look at this politician, this senator on Meet the Press back in the 2000s. I think he's gone on to be president. He said the same thing. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? I agree with you, Senator Biden. What is the game going on here? Marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, this is before he lost half of his brain, and um, we see what he is now. However, he makes an eloquent point. What is the game here? Why does a man making a statement that marriage is between a man and a woman... We didn't set this up this way. This isn't the mean, nasty conservatives trying to ruin your good time. This has been settled for thousands of years, since day six of the creation. What's the problem? What's the issue? Well, let's start unpacking what the issue is, shall we? Because there's plenty to get into when it comes to this. MSNBC and... Uh, they've gotten a hold of this Project 2025 thing from Heritage. That's been around since Vision 24 earlier last year in March, almost a year ago. Yeah, the booklets were out after that event. <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting. Um, wow, Christian conservatives actually want to do things. How dare they? How dare they? Um, and then they'll label you as Christian nationalists. And a lot of people push back, I'm not a Christian nationalist, I'm a Christian. Well... This talking head on MSNBC tells us what the difference is between a Christian 
and a Christian nationalist, and you might be surprised what camp you fall in. The one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The Lady, that's Christians. I mean, that's, that's a... That is a bedrock. Where do they come from then? Honestly, help me. If your rights and your liberties do not come from God, then who do they come from? And interesting, she says that Christian nationalists believe that our rights don't come from man. They come from God. You know what? That's interesting. Um, because here's a document that I just uh, picked up. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, the laws of God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. Governments are instituted to secure the rights that God has given. So is Thomas Jefferson a Christian nationalist? Under her definition, under Heidi's definition, the answer is yes. Which led me to an interesting point, because you're saying, Justin, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm telling you that according to their according to their run, it does make sense. Let's look at some let's look at some quotes. Benjamin Franklin. I don't believe he was a Christian, but he certainly believed in God. The longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs in the affairs of men, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. The idea, Benjamin Franklin is saying, is that God is ordaining everything. Thomas Jefferson, noted deist. And can liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis? So Thomas Jefferson is saying, can liberties and freedoms of a nation be secure when we remove the only firm basis of that, which is a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift of God, that they are not to be violated but with his wrath? Indeed, Thomas Jefferson writes, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. Thomas Jefferson in that, in that statement is saying that uh, these liberties, which we were thought were secure, if you remove the firm basis that those are gifts from God and they are given to us by God, if you remove that, then they're no longer secure and they can be taken and God's going to bring about justice. John Adams, it is religion and morality alone which can establish the principles upon which freedom can securely stand. The only foundation of a free constitution is pure virtue, and if this cannot be inspired into our people in a greater measure than they have it now, they may change their rulers and the forms of government, but they will not, they will not obtain a lasting liberty. What about Andrew Johnson? 
Let us look forward to the time when we can take the flag of our country and nail it below the cross, and there let it wave as it waved in the olden times, and let us gather around it and inscribed for our motto, liberty and union, one and inseparable, now and forever, and exclaim, Christ first, our country next. Were all these people Christian nationalists, according to Heidi, whatever her name is from MSNBC? Yes, they were. Now you're thinking, well, Justin, those are all pre-Civil War, some even midst of the Revolutionary War, and Andrew Johnson was shortly after one of the only presidents to be impeached. What about JFK? What about John Fitzgerald Kennedy? The war. I won't do my Kennedy impression, but this is from his inaugural address, 1961. January of 1961. So we just passed 43 43 years ago. A lot longer than that. A lot longer than that. 60-something years ago. The world is very different now. For man holds in his mortal hands the power to abolish all forms of human poverty and all forms of human life. And yet, the same revolutionary beliefs for which our forefathers fought are still at issue around the globe— And that belief is the belief that the rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. So are you a Christian nationalist? I'm a Christian nationalist. It's good that we're all gathered here together. Um, I want to be abundantly clear, and I also want to be careful in what I'm about to say, because I don't want to sound too off the rails here. We're a nonpartisan show. The left hates Christians. The left hates true Bible believing Christians who affirm the law and the grace and the the interworkings and the abundantly seen nature of God. If you if you don't ascribe to the lefty liberal theology, you're a Christian nationalist and you're a threat to society. And my response to you in that is wear that proudly. As Andrew Johnson said, Christ first, country next. We move on. We stay on this theme a little bit here, actually. We have a little theme to the show today. This from the Christian Post, uh, Samantha uh, Common writing this. An Indiana Catholic couple whose child was removed from their home following disagreements over their son expressing a desire to identify as the opposite sex are asking the U.S. Supreme Court to hear their case. Mary and Jeremy Cox follow the Bible's teachings on human sexuality, ascribing to the belief that God designs humans as male and female, which up until five seconds ago was settled. Because of their religious beliefs, they could not abide using feminine pronouns to identify their son, who demanded to be called by a female name after in 2019, he told his parents he identified as a girl. In 2021, the Indiana Department of Child Services initiated an investigation into the parents following a report that they weren't affirming their son's chosen identity as a girl. So the boy is eventually removed from his parents' care, placed in a home that then affirmed his self-declared gender identity. The parents have filed petition with the Supreme Court asking the justices to hear the case, stating that, quote, this court should grant this petition and affirm its precedence on the right of fit parents to the custody of their children. Uh, The attorneys highlighted that the state, quote, found the parents fit but still removed the child over an ideological dispute, a disagreement over gender identity. Uh, Identifying the petition as A.C., 
uh, their son. Uh, the parents agreed that their son needed mental health treatment, including uh, for an eating disorder. So the parents are willing to get the treatment needed, but because they won't immediately affirm the child's gender dysphoria, now the child's been removed, specifically because the parents hold to a biblical understanding of gender. Do we see the problem? Do we, are we, are we starting to get it here? Are we starting to understand what's going on? So you have states removing children from families' homes. We'll keep tracking that case to see if uh, the Supreme Court actually takes that up. There's another story from the Daily Caller, uh, a friend of the program, uh, Meg Brock, and and Robert Schmad wrote this article. Uh, the Illinois Attorney General's Office allowed the state's largest school district, Chicago Public Schools, to withhold records related to gender and sexuality lessons offered in classrooms. Uh, CPS, Chicago Public Schools, paid over $90,000 to Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago since 2021 for a series of trainings provided through its sexuality education program, which includes lessons on different types of sex instruction, and by that I mean like different different sex uh, instruction and pro-transgender sexual communication. And then the Chicago Public Schools denied the FOIA request from the Daily Caller. So... They are spending $90,000 of taxpayer money. I think that's worth taking a look at, especially when it's being done in, in these ways. Lurie's Children's Hospital has, quote, a unique expertise for grades K through 8 in terms of providing sexual education, according to its website. Student programs provided by the hospital touch on consent, communication, safe sex, kindergarten through 8 years old, or 8th grade even, doesn't even matter, as well as... All right, uh, healthy LGBTQ relationships, other forms of sexual intercourse, and HIV. The hospital also offers gender and LGBTQ inclusion training for teachers. One presentation offered by the Hospital on Inclusive Sexual Health Ed Practices follows the National Sexuality Education Standards, a K-12 education sexual education curriculum that recommends teaching 5th graders about sexual orientations and 8th graders about different sexual proclivities and ways in which to engage in behavior that is not becoming of good moral people. So we have, if we follow the logic here before we get into primary day tomorrow, we have a conservative commentator who gives a speech and says marriage is between a man and a woman. It's always been that way. It's just how it is. Pure backlash. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he says this. At the same time, we have states taking children away from their parents because parents won't affirm their gender identity. And we also have school districts paying children's hospitals abundant sums of taxpayer money to train children on illicit and damaging sexual mores and topics. How we have drifted so far and how we are fulfilling seemingly prophetic words from Thomas Jefferson and uh, Andrew Johnson. Of course, tomorrow is primary day, Saturday, February the 24th. If you haven't already voted by mail or in-person early voting, uh, tomorrow is your day if you are registered with the Republican Party or you did not vote in the Democratic primary. You can vote tomorrow here in the state of South Carolina. 
course, it is the GOP primary ballot. So I got a couple different options here for you. And if you need to find your sample ballot before tomorrow, go to scvotes.org. There are three uh, questions at the bottom uh, on the ballot. Those are not uh, constitutional amendments. Those are not ballot measures. Those are this. Those are just inquiry questions on your primary ballot to try to gauge what the will of the people is on those certain issues. Of course, the main two candidates left on the ballot, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, making their final pushes in the state this week. Nikki Haley uh, playing from behind, and uh, I don't believe there's really a path for her to catch up. The most recent South Carolina poll from USA Today uh, has Trump up by 28. A Hill-Emerson poll has him up by 22. It's uh, it's not very close. Insider Advantage, one on Friday, has him up by 22. Uh, Trafalgar has him up by 29 in their recent polling uh, just last Friday. So is there a path for Nikki Haley to win in South Carolina? Probably not. But, of course, we talked about it earlier this week. She is committed to staying in the race until the final whistle blows. I don't know what that does for her. I will say I'm seeing a lot of Nikki Haley signs out there in my neck of the woods, which was shocking to me to say the least. Um, We won't declare the primary over. Obviously, polls open at 7. They close at 7. I imagine we get a a projected winner by 7.05 tomorrow. I don't particularly see this being very close. And while... While she has said she's going to be in until the final whistle blows and go through all the states, I, there's a lot of money in the campaign, and I understand that. But there seems to be um, something to losing your home state and losing it badly. And certain candidates, Donald Trump's already in general campaign mode, general election mode. Uh, Joe Biden is as well. They're not even paying attention to Nikki Haley at this point. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, if you if you are able to vote tomorrow, I encourage you to get out and vote and do your civic duty. Primaries are important. Um, you're picking your candidate that's going to be on the ballot again in November. You're picking the candidate that's going to have to rally your entire side of the aisle. You're picking the candidate that is the leader of your party. And I encourage all of us that we should seek to find, uh, seek wisdom as we um, go to the ballot box tomorrow, if you're going to the ballot box tomorrow. So again, I just want to make the point that marriage is between a man and a woman. And um, it's kind of uh, unashamedly so between a man and a woman. A lot happening this week. A lot's going to happen next week. We're monitoring the uh, Compassionate Care Act, S-423, as it moves uh, into the House of Representatives next week. We'll be following that, and you can you can follow us uh, here on the show. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Give us a like on the video as well. Make sure you like and share this video across Facebook. Let your friends and family know what's going on here in the Palmetto State and get a Christian conservative biblical worldview and understanding of the news of the day. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to click that subscribe button. It's free. We don't ask for anything. A five-star rating and review possibly to help us out. That would always be great, but it's because of you that we're the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, and we never take that for granted, and we enjoy being with you multiple times throughout the week. For our entire staff at Palmetto Family, thank you so much for watching and listening to the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. For Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. 